Amen. Somebody say glory. Father, I come to you tonight, God, in your son's precious name, God. God, I ask you to hide me behind the cross. God, sanctify my words. God, let your words flow through me. God, I give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, and somebody shout amen. 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 First of all, I want to thank my father, Pastor Raymond, for giving me the opportunity, amen, to come and preach. Amen. It's a real honor. I want to thank him for my mom. Amen. Without them, I don't know where I'd be. Amen. Especially Jesus Christ. Amen. But tonight I want to talk to you on this, this thing. Amen. This, the topic for the youth conference is battleground, right? And so I was thinking, okay, God, what do you need me to do? What do you want me to talk? And he was like, well, what do you have been taught all your life? He's like, well, battle for your impact. He's like, you gotta, you're doing something for the kingdom of God, but it's going to impact so many lives. Amen. And so as you turn to Acts chapter 9, verse 11 through 15. You got it up there, Brady? And the word of the Lord reads. And the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And he's seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. Go to verse 16, Brady. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. See, society makes us opinions about us. It judges you for what you have done in your past. See, in our lives, God wants us to use us to make an impact in this world. See, there are so, there are so many forces that come against us as Christians, as children of God. And see, there are two forces I want to talk to you about. The first one is the enemy, the, the adversary, the, the devil. And many of us know him real good. Real good, right? But see, the whole enemy's goal, right? If you were in warfare, the enemy's goal is to make you surrender, is to make you quit on your cause. See, the enemy wants to stop people from getting to God's love. See, the enemy wants you to feel that you're never good enough. You're not socially acceptable. And he wants you to quit and give up in life. He wants you to quit on God. So you're going to make an impact in this world just being a Christian because you have a, something inside of you that nobody else can possess. The love of God. Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost. See, the devil uses society to help this plan work for him. And then society once calls you a no good for nothing. They called you something. They judged you for something that you made one mistake for. And society bashed you. They didn't care. They bashed you. They didn't, they didn't matter if it was a small mistake to society. It's a huge thing. And to the enemy, that gives them the avenue to kill you. So he uses celebrities, the fashion, sometimes your own friends and family to make you feel worthless or inferior. See John 10.10. 10. 
Ready? We pull up John 10, 10 for me. And then the Lord, Lord reads, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have came that they have, may have life and have it abundantly. See, that's the words from our Savior, and that's from the words from Jesus Christ. And see, that's what the enemy wants to do with your impact, man. You have something inside the Holy Ghost that can impact not only your communities, your families, your children, amen, the, your neighbor right across the road that cusses you out 24-7 for playing Jesus music, right? Bang the music, they say, right? But Jesus said, I have came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, the reason why the enemy puts things in your life is to make you quit. It's because he knows that there is something inside of you that can change this whole world. And that's all the enemy wants from you. So he wants to keep you where you're at, away from God, in order to get what, he, what you have taken. Amen. See, then there's God, the creator that formed you in your mother's womb. See, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, the plans for good and not for disasters, to give you a future and a hope. See, this omnipowerful God, this God of love, right, sent us his own son just to die for somebody that was not even worth it. But, amen, Jesus saw we were worth it. He said, man, I want to I impact this world so much that I'm willing to risk my own life for somebody to get it. For somebody to save somebody else. For somebody to tell them there's another way of living. See, some of you will be preachers, teachers, evangelists, amen, men of God, women of God. See, and people are going to need what you have. They're going to need something to fill the void of the heart. Right? The devil took so much from the world. It took something inside their heart. And it keeps it away from them. Amen. But if we stay in our own cells, if we stay in our own world, then how are we going to make an impact for the kingdom of God? Amen. I got, amen. When I was writing this, amen, God was revealing to me, man. He's like, I was like, God, I need you. I need you to help me. All right. Then my dad tells me, hey, by the way, you're preaching. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I was like, okay, God, I need something, man. You know, I need to finish this. He was like, all right, here. And he said, Put it on your own life. And he said, and he told me, he's like, man, so long you've tried to do it on your own. You've tried so hard to please your father and your mother by doing all these works. He's like, and I'm proud of you for that. Don't get me wrong. He, but he's like, man, the one thing I wanted you to do was make an impact. Not because you had to, because you love them. He said, you want to, if you want to make an impact, you want to please, you want to please me. He's like, catch my heart. And his heart is to save. His heart isn't for people to be dragged around by society, calling them losers, right? That's why I can't wait to, man, because this, this is only, I had to modify it. I had to modify this for the church, amen? But for the youth, man, I can't wait. God got me stoked on the, on the one I have. Amen, because I believe, amen, the youth are going to catch something, at least a few of them. Amen, I want to I be, oh, my God, only if you saw what God was trying to do in these youth lives. <laughs> my gosh. But see, the funny thing is, is that God said, you have to make an impact in them. But at first, I needed you to make the impact in yourself. 
He says, you'll, you, can, you teach the guys, you preach the guys, you do all these things, but you don't impact yourself. I was like, my Lord, that hurt a little bit. I was like, okay, teach me something good, man. You know, teach me, teach me, God, make it feel good for me. He said, no, you want to hear the truth? I said, sure. He said, okay. He said, then reach the people. He's like, stop trying to sugarcoat what you have. He's like, because you've hidden what you've had for so long. And that's like some of us in this room, right? Society's called us this, and that's how we think. Society's called us a loser. They called us, a, you know, no good for nothing. They judge us on one mistake, and we run with it for the rest of our lives. But see, it's funny because when I when I when I look back, and I see God's point, right? It's funny because He's like, you know what? You came to me first. He said, "Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you." And when he meant that, man, when you look back on your life, yeah, I see the mistakes. I see the mistakes we've made, I've made, you've made, right? But God doesn't see the same mistakes. He says, man, I'll throw them in the sea of forgetfulness, and, you can, and you're a new creature. The old things have passed, but the new have come. I mean, we have to put that in our life, man. We can't just sit here and say, well, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to impact eternity, but we're still dwelling on things that happened in the past. Yeah, the moments were good. Yeah, sometimes you had a mistake, right? But sometimes you don't need to dwell on the mistake because of what society uses against you. God can turn it around and use it for his glory. I mean, if you look at Joseph, amen, the funny thing about Joseph was his brothers sold him because of what his father told him. Right? His father, he was the father's favorite. Right, it's like I always say, Alex's dad's favorite. It's probably the truth. <laughs> right? Oh Lord, Alex's dad's favorite. No, maybe that too. Amen. <laughs> Lord, but see, just like Joseph, his brothers sold him into slavery. Right? He said, "Oh man, God gave me a vision. God told me I'm gonna rule over y'all, and I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and this. And your wheats were bowing down, and..." And then his brothers got angry. They got jealous. They said, man, who are you to tell us what we, who we are? Who are you? And then they sold him off into slavery, their own brother. They sold him off into, into the world, right? They sold him into Egypt. And see, just like Joseph, he, before his father dies, after his father dies, he says, you know, what you, what you use for evil, God made it for the better. He's like, look now, I'm saving you, I'm saving Egypt, I'm saving the world. And that's got to be like us. Society's called us outcasts. Society's done this to us. But now you're a Christian. Now you're a child of the Most High God. I mean, you're not the same. You're not a drug addict no more. You don't need alcohol. You don't need nothing. All you need is a wake up in the morning and with my mind, set on Jesus. That's all you need. And some prayer and some crazy home directors. But I want to talk about three impacts for your life. The first one is your family. Your family. Amen. If you can see where I'm going with this for the youth, man, God will, God will go, oh, God's going to bring that one. But see, in Proverbs 17, 9, it says, it says, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates friends. Amen. Sometimes in a family, man, we, we fight with them. You know, we hurt them. We let them down. We discourage them. 
Shoot, sometimes if you're like me, you beat the heck out of your own siblings because it's fun. Oh, come on. I ain't the only one that did it. You're lying. Right? But the funny thing is, is that family is so important. Right? If we want to make an impact, the first thing we have to do is go make reconciliation with the family. Because who else better to get than your family? We can always be that one person that just sits on the side of the road and says, God's going to get our family. Don't worry, God. Well, somebody will send them. God's going to send somebody. But God sent you. Aren't you their family? So why are we going to fake it and be like, oh, God's going to send somebody to heal our sister, to change their lives? But God has you. And you know them better than anybody except God. It's not easy, but it's worth it. But see, don't let the enemy drag something out for years. Don't let him drag out, you know, the things you've done or said to your family. Drag out. That's ridiculous. That's what I thought it was. But see, God wants to change your family through you. But if you can't do it, can't do it if you're mad at the person whose God is trying to reach you. And you can't, God can't go and reach somebody that he's trying to reach in your family if you're mad at them for something they did to you. If you're mad at them, if you're unforgiving, right, we can always say we've forgiven somebody, but our attitude, as soon as we see them, there we go, oh, Lord, there's that nose on us. You just start cussing your mouth out of your mind. You look at that family member, you're like, oh, that guy still owes me 30 bucks. She owes me 40, and no, that one stole my tennis shoes. Thank you, Jesus. And you really want to get them back. See, in our lives, we have family that aren't doing the right thing sometimes. Right? But God is trying to is going to restore your relationships. He's trying to fix the trust. He's trying to give back what the enemy has stole from your family. He's trying to mend it. He's trying to fix it. He's trying to, but sometimes. He's waiting on us to make the first impact. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on you individually to make the impact in your family. See, God can't do it without you. He can send somebody, but what is it going to mean? What is it going to mean to that person? But when they see you and you're changed and you're forgiving and you're caring for them, when all they've been to you was ruthless, mean, they just didn't care. How much more greater compassion and love of God do they feel? And then the second thing is, God wants you to impact eternity. Amen. And the thing under that is community. They need the help too. Just because you just because you're out here in Ben Wheeler don't mean we want don't want you to go help your community. Doesn't mean we want you to not go reach your people that you know of. Amen. The areas that are surrounding you that you grew up. They need Jesus just as much as you did. They may not have a problem like you did, but they need, they have a God-shaped hole in their heart that only you know the answer to. But why are we hiding it? Why are we not making the first impact in our community? Why are we trying to wait for revival to break out? Revival starts with us. It starts in your own heart. You have to catch the heart of the pastor. You have to catch the heart of God. Because the heart of God is trying to impact everyone's life see the hell wasn't made for humans it wasn't made for us right but God doesn't want that for you he doesn't want it for your community 
There's people in our own community, man, that we don't even know about that are struggling. And, we're, and, we, and we don't know. But we have the answer. But we don't look. We're like, oh, we'll go over here to this state. We'll go over here to this state. Well, I'm not saying, you know, it's not, it's, not, it's not great that you're going to the state. But are you reaching your own place where you grew up? The old friends you used to hang around. And then the partners you ran crime with back in 1941. You're that old. Where's Ryan? Lord. And then the second, and the thing after that, man, it's the lost. The lost. Amen. In victory life, amen, we know, amen, our greatest motto, amen, is to reach, amen, is to make disciples, amen, to make disciples, amen, reach the lost, teach them, mend them, send them, reaching, teaching, mending, and sending, amen, knowing Jesus Christ, planting drop homes, victory churches, and homes, amen. I want you to reach the lost. And then in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Amen. Jesus gives us the commandment. Amen. It's a great commission. Oh, thank you, buddy. And the word Lord reads, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Man, Jesus is a trip. Man, he said, to the ends of the earth, Lord. Right? It says there, go for and making disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. No, sounds like close out. But amen. Jesus gave us a commandment to reach the lost. He said, hey, I don't care for the religious person. He says, if they think they're saved, okay, I'll convict them. He's like, but my heart's for the people that need me. He's like, the healthy don't need the doctor, the sick need the doctor. He says, amen. And that's Jesus. Amen. But Jesus said, Amen. The weary don't, Amen. The strong don't need help. It's the weak. Amen. And society is burning us down with all these things that he wants us to. All the devil wants you to do is thank you quit on God. He wants you to quit the purpose while you're here. Why you're a Christian. Why you're here. Why are you fighting so much? All right, that sounds a lot like the homes, right? Oh, why are you still doing this? Man, your family needs you, man. The people, these people need you, and but you're rushing it. Not saying it's right, but you're rushing. I mean, we got to impact eternity. That's that's the whole goal. Amen. To get souls. Amen. It's not for our glory. It's not for you know Pastor Raymond's, Pastor Anthony. It's not for any other person except Jesus. I mean, if you're doing it to gain some self glory, then you're you're not doing it for the right reason. I mean, really, I was petrified to preach. I was like, I don't know. When they asked me, I was like, I don't know, but okay. I was like, and then I don't want to do it with the wrong heart, God. I don't want to lead people astray. That's not my job. I mean, Christianity is a job. You got to wake up every day and do the same thing and fight. That's all it is. I mean, to impact eternity, I mean, we need to fight. 
Amen. Paul said, amen, put on the full armor of God. He didn't say some armor. He didn't say half armor. He said, put on the full armor of God. Amen. We have to wake up. We have to battle. We have to fight for every soul out there. We don't get a choice. You know, one day we can just say, oh, well, God's going to bless me this day and just throw like a little pity, you know, tetratransfer. Like, no, 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 poor baby. Poor baby. No, we can't do that. Poor baby. Poor baby. Oh, poor pitiful me. I'm having a rough day. Somebody, you know, go fetch me a Coke. Go give me some cupcakes, some cookies, some Twinkies, some Ho-Hos, some yin-yangs, yam-yams. Amen. I keep on going with food. Some fried chicken. Amen. Fried chicken. But see, Lord, but see, and then there's those days where we just like, oh, yeah, let's go fight. Let's go get some souls. Let's go do things for the kingdom of God. We're excited. We're exuberant. We're ready to go reach the lost. We're ready to go save souls. But then comes the real trick. The enemy comes and says, well, are you saved? Are you doing it just so you can, you know, everybody can say, hey, look at that guy. Look at her. Oh, look at her. She's just so amazing. She's preaching the gospel. Oh, look at him. He's laying his hands on people and falling around. Oh, look at him, Lord. Are you doing it so people can experience the love of God? That's the real reason. I mean, if you want to impact eternity, you got to show the love of God. And that's hard in this generation. Too many people are broken. They're too, they're, they're shattered because of what society calls them. They call them no goods. They discard them. They discarded many of you. They discarded me. They've called us nobodies. And then we turn around and we see God. And God's like, ah, uh-uh. they call you this. They labeled you this. But I see you as a child of mine. I called you a most... Yeah, man, you are royalty. You are my friend. You are a child of God. No longer a slave to sin, but a slave to righteousness. And then the third thing is, is God wants to impact you. He wants to impact you. See, God wants to impact you first. He wants to captivate your heart. He wants to take the past hurt fears of today and the worries of life on himself. See, there's so many times in our lives where we hold on to the problems of the past that we won't forget and let God deal with it. All God requires of us is our whole heart. But we let past hurt, we let fears of today, how are we going to get by? How How's our family going to do? How's this? How's that? And then we just get surrounded by the worries of life. Will my rent be paid on time? Well, will I ever find a wife? Will I ever find, you know, some place that will accept me? But he took it all on himself so that you can impact eternity. He took your brokenness. He took your despair. He took everything that society put on you and bore it on a cross 2,000 years ago. I mean, I don't know about you, but that gets me excited to go do something for God. I mean, shoot, I'd rather go evangelize right now and then sit around playing video games all day. Let's tell you something. But I mean, you have to go and impact people that are hurting just like you were. 
Amen. God didn't just deliver you out of your problem, out of your sin for nothing. He's like, look, if I, amen, he's God. He's like, man, there's people out there that are just like you, that were just hurting, just like you, even worse. I mean, these people are not just, you know, people that get on with their day. They have scars under scars under scars, and they hide it. And sometimes, even some of you in this room, man, we're hiding them. That's why God has to impact you first. Because if God can't impact you, then you can't impact your community. You can't impact eternity. And you can't impact your family. I mean, we have to let God captivate the heart. God has to take it all. God didn't say, hey, I'll take some of your burdens because I'll take this good part of you. I'll take this bad part. But that part right there, I'm just going to leave. He said, no, bring it all. He's like, I don't want, you, I want every part of you that's hurting, every part that's just broken and you can't trust. The parts that make you feel worthless, I want those. Because he fills it with something that's the most precious thing on this planet. It's him. I mean, he doesn't call you an outcast. He calls you a child. See, in this generation, we need to impact, but we need to fight for it. Because impacts can, you know, like warfare, you know, you get, a be- you get a victory here, but the next day you may get a loss. And the next day you may win, and the next day you may lose. It's a constant battle. But you have the impact. So what's your impact going to be? Is it going to be on the things of the world where... You know, you always judge people the first moment you get for their problems or for when they break your heart or when they, you can't even trust them no more. Or are you going to do it like God? God sees, yes, they've, they've wronged you, they've done this. But you have to look on who they can become. I mean, that's the heart of the God. The heart of God is love. I mean, it sees who they can be. It's not somebody they are or who they were. It's who they're becoming. I mean, I don't see y'all as just drug addicts. I don't see y'all as alcohol. I don't see you as anything. I see you as men of God and women of God. I see you as the family of God. I mean, the body of Christ. I mean, can I get the worship team up here? Amen. God wants to do many great things in your life, in your family, and in your community. God wants you to battle for your destiny, and your destiny is to go impact eternity. Your destiny is to impact the kingdom of God. If you don't think that's it, then tell me what it is. Because all I get from God is to reach, to teach the men and go make disciples. Tell them about me. I didn't die for nothing. I didn't die just so they could just run around and not share something that I have. I mean, so you have to let go of your past mistakes. You have to let go of things you have done or things that people have done to you. God wants you to impact eternity. So tonight, if you feel God tugging on your heart, and then, then you may need to check what God wants you to give because he wants to work on you first. He wants to impact you, each one of you individually. See, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, 
Amen. For I know the plans for you. Amen. They are plans for good and not for disasters, to give you a future and a hope. The hope is eternity. The hope is seeing someone like you changed. The hope is not living in your past. It's not living and cowering in your fears. It's in remembering of what God did for you. So tonight, if your heart is getting tugged by God, or you don't know where you're at with God, come to the altar, because God wants to use you. But you have to let go and let God. He doesn't want your part of your heart. He wants your whole heart. God doesn't want just your goods. He wants your bads. He doesn't care the, the mistakes you've made or the mistakes you're going to make. He cares about what you're going to do for eternity. Who are you impacting? Because you've got to get impacted first by God. And he has to captivate the heart. Amen. So if you'll all stand. Amen. As the worship team sings, amen. If God is trying to, if God is tugging on your heart to move and to do something for the kingdom of God, then I ask you to come to this altar and let God take the scars away. Let God do something in your life. Let God move so he can impact you, so that God can do all things through you.